Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show with host Tanya Brown. We are coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to offer you a little pop of bite-sized magic. Our 20-minute-ish episodes provide daily news, book releases, witch fails, and more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. We have a special segment today. We're talking with author and witch Thorn Mooney. Thorn Mooney is the author of Traditional Wicca, A Seeker's Guide, and other forthcoming titles. A Wiccan priestess and coven leader in the Gardnerian tradition, Thorn has been practicing witchcraft since the late 90s and has been blogging, making YouTube videos, and producing other magical online content for more than a decade. Thorne lives in North Carolina, where she works in publishing and remains active in local communities. Um, So for anyone new to the podcast, we are a 20-minute-ish podcast, so our interviews do go a little differently. I will give Thorne the opportunity to answer two full questions and then a few rapid-fire questions. The goodness of a full interview, but maybe just a little bit more fun. So, hi Thorne, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. I'm pleased to be here. Yay. So we've met before. Yeah. Um, Hexpath. Mm-hmm. In passing, yes. yes. I spoke more to... In passing. But, mm-hmm. Very excited. Yeah, it was funny because um, I think... So this is... <laughs> I'm really bad at, like, people and faces and names, so I very often will get people mixed up. And um, everyone, like, kept saying your name. Like, oh, like, so-and-so is here. Like, we'll have to bring her by and that. And for some reason, I completely thought I attached your name to, like, someone else's face. And so I was just, like, really confused for a while. And then someone was like, no, like, this is this person. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm such an idiot. That's so funny. So <laughs> I'm so happy that uh, I only got it all sorted out in my head. I'm sure. Fiona Horn was there, so I too was very distracted. <laughs> she is a very she uh she I think was our third interview on the oh, podcast. I love that. Um and she yeah, she's just so lovely and beautiful and light and airy and um she definitely draws attention for sure. Um okay, so um are you ready to get going? Yeah, hit me. All right. So our first full question, um, in a world where eclectic witches seem to be tipping the scales, uh, which actually, uh, when Fiona did her interview, we actually talked about this. We talked uh, about um, how, like, there's always, well, what she talked about was how uh, eclectic witches used to not feel like they could kind of come out of the shadows, and now they do, and it may seem like... uh, anyone else maybe being kind of like covered up. Um, but, in a, you know, right now, especially online, uh, there seems to be just a plethora of eclectic witches. Um, in what way do you think traditional witchcraft and Wicca uh, can be beneficial to maybe some new witches who are listening to this and maybe have only seen eclectic and maybe they're curious about traditional? Like, how do you think they can make like a really good um, informed decision? Sure. Um, Well, I think one of the most significant things to keep in mind is that 
people have all different kinds of personalities and there's a lot of really wonderful things that eclectic paths offer but some of us do better in more structured systems um, if you enjoy working within a system that has a tradition that has teachers that has structure um, then a traditional path might be the correct one to explore for some folks. Um, many traditionalists start out on eclectic paths and then they hit walls and they need help or they have this feeling that there's something else out there that they're missing. Um, and it's really wonderful being part of something that's already established. Um, one, um, one way I've heard that it really helps uh, in this just to jump off of what you said is uh, sometimes a well-worn path just takes a lot of the questions. Out. Yeah. Well, yes and no. It presents its own questions. On the one hand, you have models. You have supportive people that you can look to. But at the same time, there's that demand that you're doing the work by yourself and on your own. And you're still building meaning for yourself. But... The benefit of having mentors, I think, really can't be discounted. A lot of people think that you end up with people telling you what to do, but it's more like having guideposts and having history, things that you can jump off of. It's like a launch pad. Um, so our next few questions are going to be a little bit of a quicker um, format. So we have a lot of new witches who listen to this podcast. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, and I think you're the perfect person to ask, what is the difference between a traditional path and an eclectic path? Usually the difference is lineage. The idea of passing power from one person to the next and then being able to trace that power, that connection. People think it's like a pedigree, but it's really more about passing um, that occult magical connection. I think that's the biggest difference. So uh, let's say we have a witch listening right now who they understand that, but now they're like, oh, but Thorne, like, I know we just said that you're Gardnerian, but I've heard of like Dianic or Alexandrian or um, others. What is the difference between these uh, different traditional paths? A lot of the times the difference is their emphasis, for example, the, Di the Dianic tradition, the many kinds of Dianic traditions obviously emphasize um, the feminine experience of the mysteries, whatever that might mean. Um, sometimes the difference is the personalities involved. Um, if, you're, if you're passing lineage, you're passing power, then who are you connected to? Um, there's a personality difference between Alexandrians and Gardnerians sometimes, for example, even though we have so much in common. And one might appeal to you more than the other. So sometimes it's just in your gut. Other times it's regional. So biggest misconception about Wicca and your tradition? That Wiccans aren't witches. Uh, there's this really interesting phenomenon, which I understand on some level, that... For so long, Wicca was the loudest voice that other kinds of witches were excluded. And so there's that emphasis that not all witches are Wiccan. And that's mm -hmm. true. But the inverse of that isn't true. Wicca mm -hmm. means witch. And the practice of Wicca is a specific type of witchcraft. So the assertion that Wiccans might not be witches or that you can be a Wiccan without being a witch. Make Like, what are you doing? Because the act of practicing Wicca is witchcraft. Casting a circle, invoking the gods, calling the elements, those are acts of magic. So I do have a question for you, kind of based off of that. So, um, yeah, I've never, 
thankfully. I've never heard anyone say that Wiccans aren't witches. Because at that point, you're just, like, you, like, you have to kind of know what you're saying and know you're being a butt to say that. Um, But if there are, because I have been under the the assumption, and and I could be wrong, is that, uh, you know, there are eclectic um, Wiccans who more so uh, kind of are worship only and maybe just kind of follow the ideas, but maybe they don't actually cast or practice spell work, would would that be an instance where you could consider it Wiccan but not witchcraft? I would say that they might be neo-pagan. I mean, if they're interested mm-hmm. in the Wheel of the Year or the idea of a goddess, but very specifically, the gods of the Wicca are invoked in a magic circle. Mm. So it could be someone who's maybe using the label as Wiccan, yes. who maybe don't who don't fully, or maybe they, they don't prescribe to any tradition or something yeah. like that. But I think, like, if you are... If you are engaging in the rituals that are central to Wicca, then I think those are necessarily magical. If you're interested in the ideas, um, well, a lot of those ideas are present in numerous pagan traditions. The idea of seasonal holidays or polytheism, um, a sacred feminine, like those aren't exclusive to Wicca. So we could say that that leads more towards like just paganism. Maybe, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I know labels are so fun. Labels are so uh, tricky. <laughs> they, they, I mean, truly. Um, so, what is one way do you think someone would maybe more benefit from an eclectic path rather than a traditional path if we're going the other way with it? Sure. Eclectic paths are a lot more accessible. Um, if you're interested in being in a traditional coven, you have to be able to get to a traditional coven. Mm-hmm. So, there needs to you be one to in the area, or you need to be able to travel to it. Um, and that limits most people, dare I say, whereas witchcraft broadly, eclectic traditions of witchcraft or styles of witchcraft are available for everyone, which is really wonderful. Um, I mean, I was eclectic for years and years and years before ever approaching a traditional coven. Nice. I I think that's something, yeah, I think that's a big one is, uh, the accessibility. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people crave, even if they don't even if they don't necessarily want a traditional path or network, they still crave some type of community. Oh, and I think a lot of people go searching and then maybe have a hard time. Absolutely. So if, now this is kind of a hard one because it is, you know, you are um, gardenarian, which is a very specific path. So I feel weird even just asking this, but I am just curious uh, if you could change any part of your path, um, what would it be? Um, I'm not, let's say change maybe the community. Um, so I, we have a reputation for being hard nosed and kind of shitty and that's becoming less and less true, but I wish that collectively we were kinder. How about that? I agree 100%, but I think, I do think we're getting there. I think so too. Um, and there's some really wonderful, you know, particularly like millennial high priestesses and high priests that I'm good friends with who are running covens that are true to the tradition while being more tuned into what the broader community is doing, which is not to knock my elders because most of them are doing wonderful work too. But my first exposure to Gardnerians came in the 90s through America Online chat rooms, and those people were assholes. 
my gosh remember like yahoo groups yes amber and jed if i wanted to feel shitty about myself i went to amber and jed (laughs) (laughs) um but no i i i definitely uh i definitely think we're on a really good trajectory i think we're all becoming a little bit more kinder to each other and i do think that comes with the internet and having more voices and you know less gatekeeping i think yeah in particular yeah um so this is our last question um if there is a witch listening right now who is maybe new, maybe they've been exploring this for a few years, they haven't really landed on any path, uh, maybe they've just gone with eclectic because that's just what they've seen or know, and they hear our interview and they think, you know what, maybe I do need a little guidance, maybe I do need structure, and maybe I do want to find a traditional path. How do you recommend someone start that type of journey? Um, there are lots of, there are increasing number of resources that are available now to folks who are curious. Um, there are more young traditional Wiccans and witches putting out books. So I would say check out traditional authors, even if they're not writing specifically about like how to be a gardenarian. There are lots of gardenarians out there writing books, for example, who are available to everyone. Jason Mankey is a great example. Um, I could name more, um, but he's a great one to work with. Um, and then explore. There are so many different kinds of witchcraft that we could call traditional, both Wiccan and non. And so many of those voices are becoming more prominent. So don't feel like you have to be in a hurry. It takes years. This is really a journey. And no matter where you settle, you're not really settling. You will change your mind. You will do other things. Um, and be open to that. Like that's really the the wondrousness of the experience is that change that you're undergoing. You know, where will we be in 20 years, Tanya? Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I know. Honestly, sometimes I feel like one big thing a lot of witches experience is imposter syndrome because yeah. we're always changing and growing and evolving like who I was 10 years ago versus five years ago versus last year versus last week is just, yeah. it's always changing and evolving. You, you always kind of feel I don't know, because because you're always changing. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, is what I knew a week ago wrong? And it's not what you knew a week ago was wrong. Maybe it was, but now you just know more, or you know from a different sure. perspective. You're different. You have so, different experiences. So that's why journaling sure. is important. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So yes, and here's the thing. I'm one of those where I definitely preach journaling, but definitely, and I do as I say, not as I do. Because I will never journal. Like, and it's not because I don't want to. I just don't have the discipline. But you <laughs> produce journal. magazine. Yeah, so that's right? in some your way a journal. out there. And you're going to be able to look at your own progress and your own change through time by looking at the content you produce. That's just as much you as a journal. As a writer, do you ever look back at something you wrote and you're like, wow, that was brilliant. Or... That was wow, horrible. who wrote that piece of crap? <laughs> All the time. Not so much. Like, who wrote this trash? Mm-hmm. It's me. Well, you know what? As a coven leader, I look back and I read my teen witch books of shadows and the stuff I was writing in college to keep myself humble because I thought I knew everything when I was 17. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I did. And so when I feel ego creeping in or imposter syndrome... It's a great way for me to look back and go, oh, man, actually, look how much I've learned or look what I went through. Um, So 
Is there any part, because uh, we're pretty much, I mean, that was all I had prepared, but is there any part that maybe we didn't cover or we glossed over or anything you want to add? Um, I would say that we're, we're in a culture right now where I think we've got, we don't use the phrase big name pagan so much anymore, but we've got witch influencers and we've got mm -hmm. authors. And I would say just to remember that people are approachable. Everybody's still a person and... It's okay to approach elders with questions or authors with questions and comments and feedback. It's okay to, you know, DM people questions. Like, it's, it's okay to be new and to be a beginner and to ask questions and to share. Um, like, that's how we all got here, is by interacting with others. And I think, um, hopefully, with that move to people being kinder to each other, you know, I would never want people to be afraid to approach me. And I know that that's true of my my fellow authors who I'm friends with, too. Like, use people as resources. That's why they have Instagram accounts. So you can see them and interact with them. And I think that is a big one. Um, because I, especially when I started uh, my magazine, I was so very, I was never really in the community. Because I just... I don't know. I just, I, don't, I never went on that page of the internet, I guess. I just, it, I was just so unaware. And so through the process, I've made such good friends. And then I'll hear someone later uh, talk about like, like, you know, maybe a friend feeling as if they're unapproachable. And I'm like, oh, so-and-so? No, just email them. Oh, just send them a message. Yeah. Like, just do it. Like, they're great. Um, so I think people do often feel like these people who maybe they read their content or listen to their content or watch their content, they think, oh, well, they are of this level. And no, we're all None just of us are. Yeah, we're all figuring it out a little here <laughs> and there, you know. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is fun. I love when we get to talk about uh, traditional paths because I do feel like it is something that maybe uh, gets overshadowed sometimes. And uh, I think there are a lot of witches out there who, who can really benefit from a traditional, you know, like well-worn path, uh, but just aren't getting the information sure. or just don't know that they can approach yeah. such a thing. Absolutely. Um, so where can people find you on the big old internet? Oh man, everywhere. Uh <laughs> I love Instagram. You can find me at Thorn the Witch. Thorn doesn't have an E, so it's just the pointy part of a plant, Thorn the Witch. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel. I started out on YouTube, so if you search Thorn Mooney, I'll come right up. And I've got, shoot, almost 200 videos of me running my mouth about witchcraft for the last, like, 10 years. So come on over. Um, you can also find me at thornthewitch.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to see the full unedited video interview, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash witchdailyshow. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you have any questions, witch fails, want to learn about advertising, or know of news we missed, please email us at thewitchdailypodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support The Witch Daily Show and participate in some live shows and magical perks, head on over to patreon.com slash witchdailyshow. I hope you have a day filled with magic and inspiration. We will talk to you again tomorrow morning.